Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of the Geek Down Pod, the show where two friends come together, sit down, and try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. Woo! My name is Jordan Ferguson. There are so many ways you can listen to the Geek Down Podcast, first and foremost of which, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Give us a follow on there. Notifications to your device every time a new episode goes live, as well iTunes. Top right corner, hit subscribe. New episodes downloaded to your device automatically. Yes, which um, same sort of, uh, you get a notification basically, whether you are with iTunes and you are subscribed and it appears, or if you subscribe on SoundCloud, it just lets you know when we've put up an episode. Because we know you don't want to be uninformed. No. You want that fresh geek down heat as soon as it's available. I mean... If you take the example of Kayam messaging me last week, tell, asking me where the episode was over and over again. Oh, did he do that to you? He just posted one thing on the on the Facebook group. Maybe that maybe that was it. Listen, it friends, sorry it was late last week. I chose to uh, lie with a sleeping infant on my chest. I regret nothing. <laughs> I thought you said people couldn't know that about you. You had an image to uphold. I will deny it if you're like, Jordan loves babies. That's why the episode was late. Yo, fuck babies. <laughs> I love babies. Um, you know what else I love? What? Christmas. <laughs> and you know why I'm bringing Christmas up? Why are you bringing up Christmas now, Caitlin? Because it's snowing. This is the first snow of the season. It is. If you can call it that, we have our first snowfall of the Toronto winter. Can we call? Can we just refer to everything as the GTHA? The GTAJ? Yeah. What's the J stand for? Um, you mean the H? G-T-H. Oh, you slurred that. Okay. G-T-A-H? No, G-T-H-A, the Greater Toronto and Hamilton Area. Those were not the letters you first said, but I okay. Did, we I can... said G-T-H-A. G-T-H-A. See? G-T-H-J-H-A. <laughs> um, anyways, because I think that would uh, help people who are maybe just listening for the first time understand that I travel to and from Toronto, from Hamilton to... Somebody wants a cookie. I do want a cookie. I don't. I've got some crackers. I probably can't eat them because I can't have dairy. Probably have dairy in them. Yeah, maybe. Just sprinkle dairy in everything. Just so I don't. It's lactose I can't. everywhere because fuck Caitlin. She yeah. doesn't get anything. Somebody asked me recently if we swear on the show and I was like, oh, oh. boy, do we. Uh, me more than Caitlin, but sometimes I listen back to old episodes and I catch a, I catch a Caitlin F-bomb in there and they always make me so happy. <laughs> and You know what? I feel like a well-placed swear word is of utmost importance. I would concur. I'm glad we're in agreement. <laughs> I'm glad we've had this conversation. So, I mean, like, listen, Caitlin and I are both very much fans of the holiday season. You may be surprised to hear that about me, listeners, knowing that I pretty much hate everything. Curmudgeon. I do love me some Christmas, though. Um, specifically the music, which we can get to later on in future episodes. But I'm there was nothing resembling snow last Christmas. No, there was not. At all. We didn't get snow until after. No, we did not. And we, I don't think, so yeah, I go back home to Windsor slash Amherstburg, which is the actual town I grew up in, which is like a outlying commuter community right. to Windsor. We did not get anything as well. Hopefully this year we will get something. Well, apparently they're calling for a very brutal winter. Joy. Yeah. Nothing makes me happier. Friends, mm -hmm. if you can get me one of those like UV lamps. <laughs> 
The happy lamp. The happy. If you can get me a happy lamp for Christmas this year, friends, that would actually probably be very useful to my life. And if you have one and or are are going to send Jordan a happy lamp, please make sure that you take care and you let Jordan know that he needs to take care because you can overdose on them. Can you? Yep. Someone has done research into these. <laughs> well, my friend had me try her happy lamp for a while, um, and it and it, they're very. Very strict about making sure you don't use it too long. Really? And if you're very sensitive to light or light deficient D deficiency, then you need to be careful because it'll make you very giddy. <laughs> and I, I would love to see I kinda what you... I kind of want to do this now. Yeah, I kind of want to... You are like... I kind of want to OD on Happy Lamp and then record an episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just an interesting straight, fact. Straight, straight home or left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just do that the entire time. Yeah. I have no chit-chat to report, I don't think, because we are in the depths of retail work hell so i just work and come home and sleep yeah uh one of my favorite strip comics of all time comic strips <laughs> say strip clubs i'm like yeah. this is taking a turn <laughs> um is i think it's the comic strip retail yeah, yeah. and uh, it's just the boss the manager going around going where's where's um jenkins or i don't know what his name is uh or andy um we're getting our christmas stock in and the next panel is like all these boxes and andy's like crushed up against the wall he's like i know that's what retail is like uh, at christmas time yep it usually starts actually in early november uh yes i don't know if we're in the heaviest of the heaviest drops we will get i'm sure the listeners really care about you know the minutia of product flow but... they they might they may also work in retail not enough people talk about retail life <laughs> podcast right another one another one just continuing to grow our podcast empire yeah we had a uh, a dozen pallets drop on friday there were four of us Ooh, fun three yeah. each yep <laughs> <laughs> multiple multiple pallets for everybody knock yourselves out um ultimately it wasn't that bad because listen i don't get stressed about my job anymore well, that's good <laughs> it's like most people wish they could say that like listen i'm here till six thirty. I'm not going to half-ass it. We all going to work. But at the end of the day, there's four of us. Yep. That's how I feel about um, work in general. Apparently, because we have a staff meeting tonight. Yes. Uh, like our holiday prep meeting. I'm actually doing my full shift. I'm going to 4.30 uh, in the morning. And apparently, a call has been put out to like anyone who just wants to stay after the staff meeting and pick up a few extra hours, like helping with assorted stuff, getting stuff out that we've had piled up, et cetera, et cetera. So that's going to be interesting. I might have, yeah. have daywalkers with me today. <gasps> Exciting. That's what I say to daywalkers. They're so personable and <laughs> outgoing. Ugh, and they like the public. And they want to talk to you. Oh, God. <laughs> They're going to want to talk to me. You know what you should do? Let's take this opportunity to get to know the overnighters. Yeah. You, you, you know what you should do? Anytime they try and talk to you, you should try and tell them about the podcast. Like you're an evangelist, but just about <laughs> the podcast. It's like, what do you do, Jordan? I podcast. I want to get to know you better. Listen to my podcast. Subscribe. <laughs> Just like you folks. Um, also, speaking of getting to know us and uh -huh. maybe wanting to talk to us. What? We have ways you could do that. That that segue was so good, I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> you know what really hinders the segue process? When P you call out them the out segue? every single time. Man, it was like, it was like, <laughs> it was like a stealth... Metal Gear Solid kill. I didn't even. That's a solid snake of segways. I didn't even see him coming. He just came up behind me and was like, "Subject change." Blip. Yeah, because I'm awesome like that. Well, as Caitlin said, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can do that on the Twitters at Geekdown Pod. 
Email geekdownpod at gmail.com. We have a Tumblr. Knock yourself out. I'm sure before March we'll see it and reply to it. But that's geekdownpod.tumblr.com. Hey, I'm still devoted to doing some updates over the holidays. Wasn't shots. I'm not paying attention to it either. I'm just letting people know. Or the Facebook group. Which is www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. And sometimes I try my best to reply to stuff if I'm having a crazy week at work. I might not get to it, but I do I do try. And it's the only way to get in contact with me. I think Facebook says we reply regularly. Yes. Facebook will evaluate reply oh, rates. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. I think, I, think we're, I think we're regular repliers. Uh, yeah. So that's just it's a brief moment of respite, I think, before the uh, the Christmas nonsense starts up. Personal life, I mean, not even work. Just like planning what to get people. and Yeah. Figuring out where to go to get it. And and it's hard because people want to really start to want to do stuff this time of year. They want to go to like Christmas markets and there's lots of movies coming out. And I'm like, guys, I need to do some serious planning here. (laughs) I got Christmas coming. It's a big deal. Like Caitlin and I just spent like a solid 45 minutes trying to plan out the month of December. So we (laughs) could ensure you have shows even though you probably won't be listening anyway because you have your own Christmas stuff to do. Or you want to get away from your family and want to give them the excuse that you have a very important podcast you need to listen to. The Geek Down Podcast. The perfect way to get away from your family this holiday season. Perfect. I think that should forever be our day. It's a clean drop right there. Um, All right. So, well, if we don't have much more personal chit chat sorry all our lives are boring this week really boring. i had a lot of work to do um just, you know, babies that's babies work it's basically what our lives are turning into <sighs> god it's not my baby sorry <laughs> i know people there, might listeners. think you have kids or I should something really clarify that it's not my baby <laughs> <laughs> he stole someone else's baby to yeah. cuddle with <laughs> just, I, just, I just wander the streets of toronto looking for asian infants to cuddle <laughs> yeah i just steal them it's actually not a bad plan. It's the same accusation people make when I go to the dog park, right? I don't want to get <laughs> known as that guy. He just hangs out on a bench in Chinatown all day. This guy's <laughs> Watching so strollers. Ah, uh, good times. All right. Well, we we have lots of awkward comments to make, but no more chit-chat. So why don't we move on to news? Let's drop some news for the people. Um. Uh, so my news, all of it consists of basically things I didn't know were a thing. <laughs> I mean, that's just what we should call the new segment. <laughs> I, yeah, I think we should. Let's get started with things Caitlin didn't know was a thing. What's the first thing Caitlin didn't know was a thing? Um, Bone, the wonderful comic by Jeff yes. Smith, mm-hmm. um, first one being Bone out of Boneville, is getting an animated adaptation, a movie animated adaptation. Well, all right. Um, Seems late to a certain extent. Yes, uh, I th- I know that initially from doing research because I was like this was a thing because Caitlin didn't know it was a thing. Um, he was approached by Nickelodeon to do a television show, but he turned it down because he didn't like their vision. So mm. he's pretty protective of it, um, and it is getting uh, basically a treatment by uh, the director Mark Osborne, who's done Kung Fu Panda. And uh, Adam Klein, who is a screenwriter, he does lots of other screenwriters, screenwriting stuff, sorry. Um, Osborne is best known right now for doing the CGI stop motion, The Little Prince adaptation that got pretty good reviews. Um, And was on Netflix, or I tried to find it, and I think it's maybe only on US Netflix. Oh, The Little Prince? Yeah, because Hmm. I can't find it. And I'm really upset about this, because it was all this big news, it was going to be on Netflix, and... (laughs) 
Yeah, they're not there. Anyway, so that was a thing I didn't know was a thing. And I'm kind of excited about it. But, you know, when you get, we get these adaptations now, there's, you know, some excitement, but also lots of reservations because there's so many ways you could screw it up. And it works. It's one of those stories that works so well as a graphic novel that I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's a weird, I guess it's cool that there's still interest in it, but it does seem like we are past peak bone. It was... I feel like, as someone who's worked at a major Canadian retailer, I feel like it's probably like four or five years ago that it was peak yeah. bone, like right before, I guess, the series ended. Yeah. I guess. I figured that would have been the time, but that's probably the time this Nickelodeon thing dropped that he opted not to go through with. So, shouts to you, Jeff Smith, for staying true to your principles in that regard. Yeah. Um, I think too many people probably don't get the chance to or don't want to. Mm. And... And we get things. Quick, name something horrible. All DC movies. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Dawn of Justice. Um, unless you have something. I've got something else that's sort of really past its prime. <laughs> it's awkwardly placed oh, right. in time. Disney's Avatar theme park. So there are a few things Which that... Which Avatar? <laughs> few things that happened. The first thing was Avatar... That's on my Nickelodeon, but that's amazing. I want an Avatar theme park. Then me realizing it's oh no. not oh that no, no, no. Avatar. Oh no! So, um, gross. The the I'm so James Cameron <laughs> Avatar theme park, which again still not owned by Disney, uh, is opening next summer, seven years after the film debuted. Seven. And before the next, I think what he said, he, they wanted to make like four more films oh or God, something. Like seven, I don't remember. Yeah, it's just insane. Um, it will be part of or a, a join to Disney's Animal Kingdom. <laughs> and right. I don't really have much more information, but again, didn't know this was a thing. And also weird timing. And I don't know why they wouldn't just like. Maybe suspend working on it until the movies came out. Because even once the theme park opens, which will be next summer, they still have like a year and a half until the next film opens. Mm. Which is, just seems strange. It's very strange. And Disney doesn't even own Avatar. Why I just, does Disney want it? Like, I, there's no. I don't know. Where's the draw? Where's the upside for Disney on this? I don't know. That's why we don't get millions of dollars to make these decisions, I guess, Kayla. But we should. Because <laughs> our first order of business would have been, nah. No. Not at the Avatar theme park. Um, well, speaking of other things that haven't done anything for a while, but will probably be welcomed much more warmly. Okay. Uh, Hayao Miyazaki, surprising no one, decided eh, maybe he's not retired. Uh... <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki has retired. Sorry. For people who don't know him, and I can't imagine many people who listen to this podcast wouldn't, but I mean, for lack of a better comparison, Japan's Disney, he's the one of the founders of Studio Ghibli. I refuse to call it Ghibli, because as we've established before, that sounds like boobs to me. <laughs> don't want to call it Studio Boobs, so it's Ghibli instead of Ghibli. <laughs> Director of everything from My Neighbor Totoro to Spirited Away to Howl's Moving Castle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. One of the finest animators Japan or the world has ever produced. Retired after, I believe it was called The Wind Rises, it was his last film. I think that's Came right. Came out a few years ago. 
said that was it i'm done i don't want to do full full things anymore never really said he was going to stop doing projects but he wanted to do shorter things yes and apparently there was a special that aired on the nhk in japan recently <laughs> called appropriately enough hayao miyazaki the man who was not done <laughs> yeah um that's a 12 minute sort of cg short he did called kibushi no boro or boro the caterpillar uh he wasn't really happy with he really like how that planned out and he wants to make it into a feature I could, I can see that. He wants to extend it. He wants it done, ideally, for the 2020 Olympics. Oh. In Tokyo. So he will be like 80 by that point. Hey, if good he on done, him. He's 75 now. Yeah, God bless him. This is a guy who, you know, his, his physical limitations are the only reason he still doesn't, like, draw every cell of his movies, like, himself. Right. <laughs> so, or storyboards, at least. I know, actually know a lot of parents who are like retired but they don't they're not actually retired yeah um shout outs to dad who is now a school bus driver after he (laughs) retired because as he put it i'm bored and going out of my mind so i could see him wanting to to continue on making making films if that's what you love and you have a chance to do it what's amusing is technically you know there are still processes he still has to get like approval from his partners right if he can like do the movie bruh (laughs) Oh, Miyazaki wants to make a movie. No. Really not feasible right now. Uh, yeah, no, this was initially going to be one of those like short movies that we'll never get to see because uh, Fish Shake was going to be for the museum only. You know what? I think that one day we should just go to see the, the short films. We should just go there. <laughs> just go to Japan? Listen, I am for that. Just to see the short films. We don't have to do anything else. We don't have that. We don't have enough money to like travel around. There are nerdy package tours like that, though. I can't remember the company that does them, but you can find them. Nerdy like, package like tours. Like the Anime Japan tour, where you one of the things you do is you go to the Ghibli Museum. <gasps> Another, but you got to decide if you want to do that or if you want to go to the one that goes to Cat Island. I uh, yeah, I'm not big on the Cat or Island. Rabbit Island because there's Rabbit Island too. Rabbits are adorable. You want to go to Cat Island? There's cats yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I know. Like a crazy cat lady's house. Yeah. It doesn't smell that bad, I'm sure, but... You don't know that. And do you know that they have some sort of thing, they, they some disease they implant into your brain to make you want to hoard cats? It's a thing. Look it up. Have we moved from Caitlin didn't know this was a thing to Caitlin just makes up things? No! No, it is a thing. But I can tell you some other things I don't know. <laughs> Please. Do you know there's a Mortal Kombat movie? coming out <laughs> I was to say, yes oh no a new one coming out yeah Ugh. yeah shouldn't be called things caitlin didn't know was a thing and just things no one asked for <laughs> well no i'm pretty sure somebody asked for miyazaki to come back so uh, yeah. the whole segment and back. some people will be happy for the bone adaptation but yeah. a new mortal Kombat, eh yep mm. uh it's the producer is uh james wan and he's producing as well uh, Aquaman. He's done Furious 7. Um, so he's pretty well known. And some no-name director er, named Simon Quaid. Sure. Oh, sorry. Simon McQuaid. Sorry, Simon, if you're listening and <laughs> you're now offended that I called you some unknown director. But really, he's done like some video game stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I just, again, I didn't know. It, I didn't know we needed it. That someone wanted it to happen, that people put money. You have any idea how much it is to greenlight a movie? They should just give me that money, and I can pay off my student loans and make them an amazing movie and still have some left over. Hot take, though. What? I kind of like the first Mortal Kombat movie. 
Yeah. It's a classic. I really kind of like it, actually. Like, I saw it in the theaters. Uh, funny, when I was ta- reading this article, it mentioned how there hasn't been a Mortal Kombat movie in 20 years. And I was like, that can't be right. I remember it coming out when I was a kid. And I'm only 12. Oh, no, I'm 30. <laughs> I'm 30. Uh, oops. I-, I do that a lot, actually. I think I'm a different age. Listen, there are just some of us out there who, when that fucking theme song starts up, we're going to start punching holes in the walls. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're just done. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's like me in the X-Men theme song. Oh, God. I just want to like smack things out of people's hands and pretend I'm Storm. Like, <laughs> With me, it's like Annie Up by M.O.P. with Caitlin. It's, that's the same reaction <laughs> to like the X-Men theme song. Also, shouts to, uh, shouts to the Mortal Kombat movie for using one of my favorite electronic pieces of music, which is a song by a band called, a band, a duo called Orbital. Song's called Halcyon, I believe, and it showed up a lot in movies of that era. Like it was, yeah. it was in Hackers, it was in Mortal Kombat, oh, there was another hackers. movie it was in. Um, yeah, and I always, I always loved that movie for that reason. But good luck with this one, yo. I'm, I'm done for things I didn't know about. Although they did have that, uh, they did have a web series fairly recently, didn't they? What? Mortal Kombat based I around? I don't know. This is the thing Caitlin didn't know about that I'm telling her. <laughs> uh, I don't have like the receipts in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it like started as like. Because a bunch of stuntmen like made a made a fan movie. Oh wait! And then I think this extended into the actually did like. I think I saw the fan. They movie. got the go ahead to do a couple web series or like a web series. Yeah. Like the guy who played well, Black that... Di- the guy who played Black Dynamite played uh, Jacks in it. I think huh. that that I don't I don't know what the web but I think I remember the short film the stuntman. Short the short film. was all right. Yeah, if I recall, I remember watching it. Um, I don't. There some... wasn't something to do with. With the Power Rangers, was there? There was another one, yeah. There was there was another Power Rangers yeah. short film. That but I done. think it was Power Rangers slash Mortal Kombat. Maybe that was a joke thing. Uh, it's no, all it wasn't blended both. together. The Power Rangers thing was really dark, if I recall. Like, too dark. Like, to the point where I was like, you're leaning way too hard into... It's fucking Power Rangers. You don't need to make it dark and gritty. I don't think Power Rangers could even try and be dark and gritty. They Power were. They Rangers. were really leading into... It was like a... You know, there was like a psychological hallucination aspect to like their lives God. as power rangers and they all like grew up and had like weird ptsd about it now which makes sense um i don't have a segue for it but stories still coming out of the piss poor state of the world fun fun uh humberto ramos who yes. we will recall has come up on the show before actually when i was talking about i know this because i listen to old episodes fairly regularly <laughs> when i work um is doing that Champions book with Mark Wade, yep. the one with all the young young Marvel cats. Humberto Ramos is drawing that book. Humberto Ramos is Mexican. Yes, he is. Humberto Ramos has not exactly been thrilled with some of the comments made by the president-elect about Mexican people. Uh, I'm not surprised by that. Humberto Ramos has decided to that end, he's not going where he's not wanted. So Humberto Ramos will not be appearing at your comic convention or your comic store if you are in a red state. Poor red states. For the next four years. Wait, not poor red states. Get your <laughs> act together. Uh, obviously, this has been met with some controversy from the people out there who was like, I didn't fucking vote for him, or it's got nothing to do with that, or you just draw funny books. Like, what does this have to do with anything? Uh, Ramos had posted this mission statement of sorts on his Facebook uh, back a couple weeks ago. I missed this when it first dropped. 
he said, quote, I want to communicate that at least the next four years, I decide not to attend any conventions that take place in the red states, those states who voted for Mr. Trump, those states where I'm clearly not welcome. For the fans, I ask your understanding and support. We can meet in many shows across your beautiful country, but please understand, I can't go to a house I'm not invited to, and the vote clearly states that. And no, I'm not against Republicans or their political agenda. I'm taking this decision because this particular candidate and now president clearly pointed at me, this one person these states voted for. This is not a political statement. It's just me trying to explain the decision I took in order to show respect to myself, my family, and my friends. This is not a movement. It's a very personal decision, and I hope you respect it. Interesting side note to this, George Perez legendary dc artist legendary comic artist but he's drawn basically everything yeah he drew crisis on infinite earth he drew avengers with jeff johns for a while he's one of the co-creators of the teen titans he is american but of puerto rican heritage yes he has made a similar decision yeah he has said i'm gonna f- follow through on my commitments till that i've got book my booking my current bookings yes i'm gonna stay committed to but after that yeah nah which no, is it's no so, more red states it's so frustrating specifically for those of puerto rican descent because they are americans but (laughs) uh they don't get to vote they are not a state um so they basically are have to sit there and and don't get a say in things that happen in a country they're part of i couldn't even imagine how frustrating and upsetting that must be so i completely understand both of their both of their stances and why they're doing that and i wish more um more artists and those who have some clout um do stuff like that um because and and specifically those who are not directly impacted i think it's really important to stand together and I think one of the only ways you can do that is make sacrifices. Basically, take take a stand, even if even if you're not, even if the president didn't point at you, say it's still not okay. So yeah, Perez hasn't really dropped like a manifesto like Ramos did. He yeah. apparently expressed his disappointment in the outcome of the elections, and I think it's the same. I think it's very similar to what Ramos is doing, where it's not like. A movement don't come for them with like he's not going to change anything. Like you still lost, blah blah blah. It's like he's a, these dudes are allowed to make decisions for their own sake of self respect, and that's what they're doing, and they're yeah. allowed to do that. And you know, shouts to them for doing that. Because as they like to say, it's a free country for, for the moment. So, inside news to that, which is hilarious, mm. there has been a movement um, uh, that Trump supporters go to Starbucks. And get Trump written on their like say that they, that the the chai latte is for Trump because they're unhappy with Starbucks and they're uh, I think it was either their dissent of Trump or their support of Hillary Clinton. Sure, it's hilarious, hilarious. Yeah, you know what else is hilarious? What making trying to make the biggest story of the week that uh, your vice president got you know calmly chided by the cast of Hamilton the same week you settled out of court $25 million for your university fraud case. I, but I think people have, have, have caught on to that. Mm. <laughs> I've seen tons of articles about the fact that he's trying to do like a, a switch. Well, we also all live in filter bubbles, so. I don't live in filter bubbles. Do I you? get out there. <laughs> You're out there in these streets? Yeah. I don't trust Facebook. 
You shouldn't. No. Especially because I started ignoring all those racists on my... No, I didn't actually... Ha- I didn't have to ignore anyone during the the Trump campaign slash election. Um, I, uh, I have a good group of friends. But I know that these are my group of friends, not the real world. Mm. And they post videos about, like, cute animals and awesome solar panels. All the cute animals. All the time. But for the real world stuff, I get out there. You got anything else? Yeah. I actually have one more thing. Do you? Well, it's sort did of you know connected. it was a thing? I, I, this I did. So the, the things I didn't know were a thing has passed. That's concluded. Yeah. Right. And now we're moving into things that I did know were a thing and I am excited about. Okay. I had mentioned it uh, several episodes ago that there was going to be a movie by Luc Besson. Luc Besson. The director who did Fifth Element and... Galen? What? Do you know what the Fifth Element is? Is it love? It's love. It's love, y'all. He also did La Femme Nikita, the movie, not the Canadian television show. Um, he directed, oh, the one with young Natalie Portman. It's slightly creepy. Um, oh, The Professional? The Professional. Right, right. Um, I didn't know that he also directed Adèle Blancsec, which is amazing. What? He did? Yeah. Oh, is this something you don't know? I don't know what that is. Adèle Blancsec is a French comic book. I'm learning more and more about French comic books and graphic novels. They have some really amazing stuff out there that I've never heard of. (laughs) I don't know how this happened. I'm so ignorant. Anyways, it's about this fabulous... uh, She's sort of like part detective, part adventurer. And they're like, in the world, they're like dinosaurs and mummies and... It's kind of amazing. Um, it's all the things I want in my life. <laughs> Anyways, Dinosaurs and mummies? There was a movie version. Eh, the movie was okay. The CGI was a little rough. Um, but it was lots of fun. And he directed it. Now, he's coming out with a new movie. This Val- uh, Valyrian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which yes. is also based off of a French graphic novel. A very beloved French graphic novel. And I have the trailer has come out. And I've watched the trailer. And I've loved the trailer. It reminds me of this meld of like a newer fifth element with guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. and looks amazing it's gonna be out july 21st 2017 super super excited but as i was watching this the trailer something something hit me i a sort of realization that i think i'd really enjoy movies more if i didn't see the trailers so, as we've established, yes, that's why we decided to check out of Ghost in the Shell. Yes. Um, and I think maybe in 2017, hey, I may go back on this real fast. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh-huh. I might try to not watch any trailers at all. At all. At all. That's a bold proclamation. I know. And I'm, as I'm saying it, I'm going, <laughs> this is a really bad it idea. sounds like bullshit, even as I'm saying it. <laughs> But I was like, hey, I think I would, I I mean, I'm going to go probably early this week to go see Fantastic Beasts, probably Cheap Tuesdays, or Cheap Tuesday, um, go see Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Um, And I was like, I think I would have enjoyed, even, I haven't even seen it yet, but I'm like, I think I would have enjoyed that film more if I hadn't known anything about it. Mm. Um, And it sort of keeps on coming up. I I know, or, or, you know, 
I will see a trailer if I'm in a movie and they play the trailer. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to shut my eyes and, you know, la, 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 la. Like, I'm not going to do that, but I'm not going to go out of my way mm. to watch trailers. I'm going to be on YouTube or yeah. iTunes checking out, just watching trailers all morning. Though I say that, and then when I try and give up, like, chocolate, I forget, and then, and then I <laughs> eat, like, a mouthful of chocolate, and I'm like, oh, no. As, as we are realizing, trailers either give you too much or nothing, and you would have been better off not even watching it. Like this week on the anime side of things, the um, the Full Metal Alchemist, which is not a show I ever watched, but yeah. I know it's super popular for a lot of people, was kind of like a third or fourth wave like foundational show for that wave of fans. Um, a live action trailer hit for that this week. It's like freaking 30 seconds long and nothing happened. It's like, cool, he's got the red coat. Good for him. Some sort of dog made out of concrete rose up out of the street. Like, I guess that's kind of cool. But, like, it gave you nothing. Like, um, It could be. I mean, the way trailers kind of, like, now it's not this is the movie we have. We'd like to tantalize you to come see it. Now it's more of, like, a gauge of how angry are fans going to get at us. <laughs> and let's see if we have to make any changes. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is a good way to go because so far from the movies that we've seen that have made changes post trailer release, it's not been a good. It's not going to been a good thing. I think you should have your your vision of it and you should stick with it and you should do it. I don't think you should try and make everyone happy. I think that's a, a disaster waiting to happen. Well, it's always the logic behind. Not that it was meant to be a good movie, but snakes on a plane, right? What was the logic behind it? Snakes on a Plane existed because it's kind of like they were appealing to the internet. Like, oh. this is what the internet said they wanted. They wanted a movie about snakes on a plane yeah. with Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah. I mean, I agree that Samuel L. Jackson is amazing, but I don't, I've like, never I, seen that movie. I don't remember the receipts, but it's either like the script was out there and word got out that this script existed and it became like a meme unto itself. Yeah. Um, and people are just like, oh, there's like a built-in audience for it. This is basic creativity 101. Like, you got to do the shit that you like. Yeah. Hell or high water, but you at least you'll get something original. But there's just such this, there's this panic over making enough money back. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of, it's part of the changing, what's even the word for it? The the climate of movies that come out, right? Um I heard this rumored story about how they have the script for the new Batman movie and it's terrible. And they're like, well, we don't care. It's going to make all the money back. Done. Even though it's terrible and apparently definitely needs a script doctor. Um, But they just, that's all it's come down to, which is very, very sad. But I mean, we're in the good season for it. For decent movies, anyway. Not that I even care. I have no investment in movies. I think we've, I think we've established I'm not this guy who, I'm not the guy who always wants to go to the movie theater all the time. Like I love going to the movies. Yeah, I don't care. Ah, oh, hey, if you want to come to the movies with me, just let me know. Well, I mean, I think I might be getting dragged to Fantastic Beasts this week myself, but oh, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the audience. Oh, <laughs> just let me know. I've had an audience. <laughs> um, it's not really news. I just remember, but I do want to bring bring this up. The alarming amount of like anime themed corporate marketing yeah you were showing me some of that i've been seeing lately so i saw this pop up where like it was a 30 second like old like an old ass clip of dragon ball z yeah with the voice cast like the original voice cast Mm -hmm. overdubbing it it's like 
Goten and Trunks are about to show they can do the fusion, and instead of turning into Gotenks, they turn into a Ford Fusion. I don't even... Like, it's drawn into into the scene, and Which... Pic- Piccolo is, like, replying to it. It's like, oh, it's got... It looks so roomy, and it's got all-wheel drive. <laughs> Why is this happening? And then I start digging. It's the second Dragon Ball one they've done. Yeah. They did one that was, like, Solid Snake and the Colonel, like, on the on the comm thing in Metal Gear Solid. Yep. Talking about it. There's a Sailor Moon one where she's, like... Yep. It's not just that. Arby's is, like, killing it <laughs> on, on, like, their Facebook page. Yeah, they've got all these, um, I'm just going to say, geek themed yeah like uh pictures and like the one that i cannot believe it seems like such a fucking deep cut is like so there's an anime meme there's a show called jojo's bizarre adventure which i have not watched um but there's a character on it called his name is dio because i think a lot of the characters on jojo's are like named after like old 80s metal stars and stuff and like pop stars so his name's dio for ronnie james dio um but the gimmick is the gimmick of the meme is always like you thought it was X, but it was me, Dio, because <laughs> he says that at one point in the show. He's just it's just the look on his face. He's like, ah, it was me, Dio. <laughs> it was a fucking Arby sandwich, <laughs> and it was a GIF of like the bun getting taken off, and the caption was like, you thought it was a regular roast beef sandwich, and you t- they take the bun off, and it's a fucking like somebody drew Dio on a piece of cardboard and put it on. It's like what? They start digging and they had one about like, hey, Facebook, who should our starter be? And it's like the Pokemon Sun and Moon starters, like sketched in like ketchup and and mustard. And yeah, mom's mayonnaise. Um, My favorite was the, uh, what's her name? Deanna. Uh, Island. Uh, Wonder Woman. Diana. That's the one. Yes. Diana. Uh, They they made a curly fry her uh, her lasso. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was an onion ring. It could have been. I don't know. Um, anyways, it was it was fantastic. It was like they just cut out cardboard pieces of like a very minimalist like Wonder Woman costume, and then yeah, yeah where the lasso would go was a curly fry or onion ring. Like, so I don't know what is going on. Yeah, if anyone has any idea, let us know. We don't like, know why they're doing this. Anime actually like peaking now, where it like makes sense for Ford to shell out money to like hire all the voice actors for a thirty second spot that'll probably only air online. Or someone might have realized that. All the kids that watched anime are now basically in their... They've got marketing jobs. Their, well, or they're in their 30s and late 20s and need to own they, a car. They need a car. So why not a Ford Focus? <laughs> why not a Ford Focus? Also, Ford, you know owes money. Yeah. You're right here on the, <laughs> on the board, Ford. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. I think that's it, yeah. Well, this concludes a very bizarre first half of the show. <laughs> When we come back after this short break, Caitlin and I will talk about the things we brought each other. See you in a second. Hello again, friends. Welcome back to the second part of the program. This is the moment where Caitlin and I will talk about the things we each brought each other, things we may not have normally discovered in our own nerdy and geeky pursuits. But before we can get into what we each brought each other, there are some rules. There are. The first one being the rule of three. The rule of three. If it runs on installments or any sort of serialized distribution method, you have to consume 
three of those parts, issues, episodes. To get a good a good handle on the thing. Give the thing a chance to be the thing. Specifically with television shows, usually the first one is trying to figure out what it is. So it's a little bit bulky. It's got to do a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's why we try and give things uh, a bit of a chance. Um, the second rule is the rule, hashtag save it for the pod. Hashtag save it for the pod. Caitlin and I have no idea what each of us thought of the thing we were asked to watch or read or listen to because we do not talk about it with each other until we were sitting in front of these microphones. It is unbelievably hard to do, especially when something has made us mad, sad, excited. <laughs> um, but we do it because we, we do it for you guys. It just makes for good radio, fam. Yeah. There are times when I get scolded because I want to talk about something and Jordan says, and I'm, ah! like, I'm like, shut up, Caitlin. Save it for the pot. And I shake the shit out of her. Yeah. I don't. No. At all. Usually this is over Facebook. <laughs> not even in the same room. Shaking the shit out of my laptop. Yeah. Um, and finally, the third rule, which is not really a rule. It's a policy. Arr, there will be spoilers. Arr, there will be spoilers. Not so much an issue on the first thing, perhaps, because it's really old. God, it's like, tw- fuck, it's like 20 years old. Um, but definitely. But the other thing that we're going to be talking about is dropped two weeks ago on the Netflixes, so you may have not had a chance to dig into it yet. Or you've done what Caitlin's done, and you literally watched it in like two days. Or you binged the whole thing. Um, as it happened with our conversation about Stranger Things, uh, we are only at, I'm only at the third episode. I only got a chance to watch the first three of The Crown, so if you are, if that's as far as you got or you're ahead, feel free to listen to the episode, but if you are not that far ahead, or you haven't started it yet and you want to, you should probably peace out. Yeah, go um, get something warm to drink, have fun looking out the window at the snow. Yeah, it's a nice overcast day, you can get cozy. Yeah. Believe me, I wish I didn't have to go to a stab meeting today, I'd love to be chilling out cozy in the crib. Watch some Crown as you drink some tea, maybe have some, some biscuits. That's a dope-ass Sunday, y'all. Yeah. It's real good. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, watch that too. Um, <laughs> get, get caught up. Yeah, get caught up. Um, all right. So we like to alternate. So the first thing we are going to talk about this week is the thing I brought Caitlin. I don't even really know why I wanted to bring this to Caitlin. I know what it was. I was having, as we said, I listen to old episodes a lot. Yeah. Sometimes. And I was listening to the episode where we talked about uh, Martian successor Nadesco. Yes. Which I had mentioned at the time was like the reason I brought that to her was because I was in mind of, like, there were a lot of things that were getting passed back and forth that were maybe not, like, on the all-time list. It was just things that we encountered recently that we liked that maybe the other person would like. But Nadesco was a, like, all-time great. This is one of the all-time greats for me. This is maybe the first anime I outright loved. Okay. Like, adored. Watched it so many times. It is Macross Plus. It is the first sequel to the classic Japanese anime franchise, uh, Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, which a lot of you may remember, all of you old farts may remember as one portion of the Robotech trilogy. All the things that... You remember Robotech? I, I, you were talking about things that I have never heard of. Robotech was one of the first anime that ever got aired in North America. I, I might remember a little bit of Robotech, but I definitely didn't watch it. In the it. 80s, I think it was trying to, um, because the conceit was that it had essentially fighter planes, interstellar fighter planes that could turn into robots. 
they were piloted. Right. They were not, you know, sentient like the Transformers, but it was a thing that turned into another thing, ideally a robot. And I think somebody in America was like, people like those Transformers, get those. And what ended up happening is they kind of took these three franchises, stitched them together into their own thing called Robotech. Right. But Macross was one of them. Uh, the original Macross story was basically about uh, this giant thing, towering fortress thing with like aircraft carriers for arms and shit like landed on earth and the earthlings were trying to like reverse engineer to figure out how it worked and this race of beings called the zentradi showed up this giant fortress thing ended up belonging to one of the zentradi's enemies so when the zentradi showed up this thing attacked them and war broke out that's basically the gist. That's all you need to know about the original Macross. You don't need to know any of this going into Macross Plus. Macross Plus is a very small side story. I can I can verify that. But basically, what you may want to know about any Macross story is it will always have a love triangle. Okay. And it will always feature music. Okay. I believe in the original Macross, it had something to do with like... Music was one of the things that won the day. <laughs> like the Zentradi got really into this idol singer called Lin Min Mei. Okay. And idol singers specifically. I started checking out another Macross recently that somebody told me about, Macross F or Frontier. It was the same thing. There's very clearly a love triangle and there's an idol singer. Etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. They had done a sequel to the original Macross. It was just called Macross Two. Apparently it was hot garbage. I don't remember much about it. I have seen it, but a long ass time ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's hot garbage. They kind of retconned it and said, eh, it's a parallel universe. This was the first, <laughs> okay. this was the first sort of foray into doing a proper sequel. Even though it's not really a sequel, it's just set in the official canonical universe. It came out in 1994. It's directed by Shoji Kawamori, who's like kind of the god of Macross. He handles all of that. And co-directed by a guy named Shinichiro Watanabe. Who would go on to direct Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, yep. Kids on the Slope, Terror and Resonance. Basically all the my favorite anime he would go off to direct. And he was the co-director on this one. It's basically Top Gun the anime. Um, Kind of, yes. It is the story of these two test pilots. Basically the military is looking to... Uh, they've put out a call for... Call to proposals for a new fighter. Uh, a new... I think they're technically called Valkyries, these convertible planes. That's why they're called VF or YF or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't think they mentioned that. Or they might have mentioned it really quickly. They were In the original Macross, they were known as Valkyries, these transforming fighters. One of which, the YF-19, is just super stoked. It can do, like, stacked. can do, got the best weapons. It can do hyperspace jumps and things like that. And the other one, the much more controversial YF-21, is basically controlled telepathically. Yeah. And piloting both of these on the YF-19 is Isamu Dyson, I believe his name is. and Yeah, he gets yelled at a lot. <laughs> Dyson! Piloting the other one is his one-time childhood friend, the half-Zentradi uh, Gold Goa Bowman, or Gold, as he's always called. And as they are on the new Edwards Air, Air Space Base, I'm probably getting that name wrong, testing these planes, trying to win the, con the military contract... Their, the third of their childhood trio, uh, Myung Fang Long, I can't remember her full name, but she returns to the planet Eden that they all grew up in as the manager to the virtual idol, Sharon Apple, yeah. who's the biggest star in the galaxy. In the galaxy. And she does not really exist. She's a simulated computer program idol singer. Yes. 
And that's basically the gist. Something went terribly wrong with their relationship in the past when they were younger. And Gold does not like Isamu right now. Isamu is kind of an arrogant jerk. He's the maverick of Macross Plus. And it's basically the story of Sharon Apple. Spoiler, spoilers. Sharon Apple um, basically kind of gets infected with a virus because Myung drives Sharon Apple. Like, it's kind of... Yep. Based on her, it she provides the emotions and kind of the humanity to this thing. And when it gets to a point where they don't need her as like a stand-in, they get like they get Sharon Apple and Sharon Apple her own artificial brain basically. Yep. Um it's got kind of like leftover traces of Myung's complicated feelings about both Isamu and Gold. She has seen both of them since she's returned to Eden. She's having she's kinda of having a weird time. Dealing with seeing them both again. Yes. And this sort of like infects Sharon as well. Sharon ends up lashing out and basically taking over the city and threatening. It's not, I'm not going to yeah. say threatening life on Earth. She's just like, there, it's a it's a small problem set in a big universe. Yeah. I guess, there's, it's, it, things have gotten complicated. Now, it should be said, this was originally a four-part OVA. Okay. Direct-to-video miniseries. About 40 minutes per episode. It ran a total of 160 minutes. Wait, do you mean I got to the third episode and there's one more left? Did you watch it in parts? Yeah. I gave you the movie edition. I told you to watch the movie edition. Oh, I thought that's what I I was getting. All right, never mind. Where did it end? Where they ran off to fight Sharon Apple? Uh, no. It's complicated. I'll tell you in a second. (laughs) I don't know how it's complicated. There's only two (laughs) versions. The point I was going to say was they recut the four parts into a movie, which due to time restraints this week... Yeah. Is the version I told Caitlin to watch, which apparently she did not. I didn't. They cut it into a just under two hours movie. So you lost about 40 to 50 minutes of... I'm getting the full version now. I guess. Yeah. No, they cut some stuff. I rewatched the movie version. They moved some shit around. Yeah. Put some shit in different order. To that end, the pacing seemed a little off. So, I mean, I was just going to put that out there right front, that there was some background information that was not really explained. Apparently, I don't have to go into any of that because no. Caitlin was watching the four parts. Yeah, so. I was. What the hell did you watch? What do you mean? I watched the... Like part one, part two? like Yeah. Oh, did you watch the whole thing? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, let's talk to me, Kate. What'd you like of <laughs> what you saw? Okay, so there are... there. I have like this giant list of like pros and cons. <laughs> Massive. Um, One of the pros I had was that they don't tell you about the aliens. It's just some dude fighting aliens. That's how it starts. Yeah. And that's fine. You don't... I've, I have seen so much sci-fi. I don't need you to tell me about the cat people or the lizard people or the people made out of energy or like whatever it is you're fighting off there somewhere that we don't know about. They're just evil. I, I don't need to know about it. Um, and this is great because it doesn't tell you anything about it. They're just evil guys and then there's a pilot and he doesn't listen to anyone. Um, uh things i a thing i didn't like um which sticks out in my mind so you ta- you you the reason i'm bringing this up so quickly is cuz you talked about top gun mm. and the the two fighter pilots which would have been great except you know how you hate when characters are unbelievably unlikable and awful mm-hmm. and like maybe probably have things that are seriously wrong with them emotionally oh, which one did you hate all of all, them everyone <laughs> 
The only person I liked was Kate and her husband and her two kids. That was the best part of this whole thing. Surprisingly diverse, having gone back and watched it. Impressively diverse, actually. That was one of the pros. It was so unbelievably diverse. And not in like a mocking other races diverse. Like just gent like there was there were people in hijabs and there were people who were of African descent and you could see that there were a lot of uh Zendar they called Zendari? Zentradi. Zentradi, sorry. Zentradi uh, mixed uh, mm-hmm. race people. Physiologically, the two races are similar, so there's yeah. mixing. And there's just like, it, it was a very, very diverse background, and even some of the characters. Now, the three main characters, one, of course, is half Zentradi, like you said, um, and then there is, I think he's supposed to be Japanese? I think they're both supposed to be Japanese. Isamu, but... yeah, is a kind of Japanese-adjacent name, um, but even Myung, even though it's a Japanese, you know, it's an anime, Yeah, her name is oddly mandarin sounding or chinese sounding yeah so but i mean they live on a planet called eden which doesn't exist so maybe yeah. they, they're they're going mad star trek with it which is like there are no races it's just everything like together yeah everyone's beige um so anyway so that was fantastic <laughs> so you but hated everyone going back everything like, with minor character kate and her husband morgan who show up twice yes because so both of the pilots no one you know how we talked about there's just those things that just that you can't you just you lost me basically like mm. like yeah sure it's set in space and they have these cool fighter jets that turn into robots that fight and folding space which is also i've got to get to that that's awesome um <laughs> but there are just things that no one would ever do that so you have two emotionally unstable pilots <laughs> worst fighter pilots ever who don't listen who have tried to kill each other multiple times <laughs> and you're still like oh yeah sure it's fine it's fine just let let them let them do some testing then you get mad at one of them for sabotaging the other one several oh i just was like to, to that i believe the thing with gold is he may have partially developed it like he is literally the only person who can fly that plane okay gold for a long time was fine <laughs> it's when you add in i'm just gonna call him dyson because that's all i have in my head is dyson <laughs> like just yelling dyson over and over again did you watch the dub or the or the uh, sub i watched the dub point of fact we'll get to that later okay but. all right um which yeah we will talk about that but the so so the um he like dyson is the worst he's the worst Every scene with him, I wanted to punch him in the face. There are no redeeming qualities about him. He's not kind. He's not thoughtful. He isn't even a hero. He's just this awful human being who is awful and and flies. (laughs) Sure, he flies well, but he's nearly killed people several times over and over again in every episode. Every time he flies the thing, he's like making people rush out of the way and nearly firing at someone. Anyways, I, I, he was just infuriating. If they had taken him out, I would have been much happier. Um, also, it looks like from what I could tell of the story, he, he either tr- attempted to rape. Um, you didn't see all of it. Mia, I'm no, I know I'm getting to it. He attempted to rape or from the flashes from gold, he attempted rape or he did rape Myung, but there's definitely something else going on there to which if Myung, if something else had happened, I mean, I don't know. Cause I didn't see the fourth episode. If something else happened, she really should have told gold what was going on. Cause 
I have this feeling that she like led Gold to believe something or didn't clarify. I can't comment on any of this. I can spoil it for you if you want, if you're never going to go back to the fourth I'm going to go back to the fourth episode. Okay. Um, and then we'll talk about it. And I've just screwed everything up now. <laughs> Actually, you could tell me if you wanted to, because I'm, I'm not, because I don't care about spoilers. It's me. If you're sure. Yeah. Gold attacked her. <gasps> Gold attacked her? They were just having some sort of like, it's not even implied like what it was. Right. They weren't fucking. Yeah. It was just like she was worried about something. They were basically just hugging. Yeah. And there's a thread throughout suggesting that like the Zentradi are a warlike person yeah. people. Yeah. And he's like suppressed. And he's like t- basically taking drugs to suppress, to suppress it? it. And he comes in and he sees them just like just hugging or just like having like a tender moment. And he wigs out. He punches Dyson through a bookcase and he like rips Myung's shirt off. Whatever that whatever that bit was and he's basically suppressed it ever since like he just didn't remember he just put it on dyson and they both know oh but for his sake the, what do you mean for his sake someone needs to talk to him about this <laughs> probably this is but, a very serious thing that has happened but they have both for his own sanity well-being you know peace of mind that's why they all left that's why they that's all why right, the friendship well, ended, and that's why, yeah. That's, that's, see, that's great. I'm really glad. I'm not saying he's a good character. I just don't yeah. want him getting falsely painted as, like, a rapist. <laughs> he just, he still is an asshole, though. Um, uh, but even Myung is, like, the worst. Yeah, she's not the greatest. She's, she, like, can't do anything for herself. She also, and this, again, this may come from the dub, none of what she says makes sense. She goes on these, like, please stretches and she'll like pontificate and she'll say and i can't do this and blah 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 not literally none of it makes sense it's like long stretches of just run-on sentences i think it's trying to get across to a certain extent that she hates herself and by extension probably hates humanity which but, is what in, another thing that infects sharon apple oh well maybe she, anyways it's a lot of like i can't be around you two and yet she still hangs around them <laughs> constantly there's a moment where like dyson has been inadvertently injured Yes. Not inadvertently, no. but he's rescuing Gold. He's like, Gold has shorted out his plane and he's rocketing to <laughs> imminent death yeah. in his plane. And in true Dyson dickface fashion, he kind of waits till the last moment or till he's threatened his... Until his boss says your your pilot's license is going to be revoked if you don't save the dude about to die. So he does. And when Gold calms down, he regains control of the plane and he has... He just... To himself, thinks, man, if I just tilted the wing this much, I'd send him nose first into the dirt. Yeah. And the plane goes, yep, okay. And he's like, oh, shit, what, what? And actually ends up injuring him. So when Dyson wakes up, Myung is sitting there and you're like, why is she there? Why are you there? She's like, oh, you got injured and I was going to leave, but I wanted to see if you made it through. And Kate told me that you were injured because we were all childhood friends or whatever. Let's go on an adventure together in your hospital gown and see some awesome flying creature. And then you're going to literally take off and And abandon me. And she's like, oh, no, it's fine. I mean, like, look, I forgot about that bit when he took off and the fucking <laughs> <laughs> left her in the woods. I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of indefensible. Seriously, the worst. Um, besides all that, though, the visuals are fantastic. Not always. I mean, it's an old ass show, but this was one but of the first. For... This was one of the first anime to really try to use CGI and cell Sorry, based. I'm thinking of for the time. Mm. I'm not saying it, it exactly holds up to something that maybe would be produced today. I think some of the cell, like even just 
the standard, like not when they try to put the CGI in it, but just the standard cell animation, I still think holds up pretty well. I just think the look of it is amazing. Mm. Um, The cities that they've drawn, the background images, the ships. I just, I really like all of that stuff. Um, Again, the diversity was amazing um, and really well done. I want to go there. Um, and get, get to Star Trek. Yeah, get to Star Trek. Um, and I did really. I think the story would have been great if not for the characters. Um, I think that it was really cool about this sort of competition to see who gets it, and then the added bonus of two sides of the AI situation. So you have. Um, Apple over there, who one of my favorite points is when she comes out of a limousine and it's just the computer. <laughs> just it looks like drive. Hal. Yeah. It just has got like a red eye basically and is like in a dress. It was fa- I, it was so silly and fantastic. I really liked it. Um, and and kind of there's like a, a like a predictive nature. Prescient is that the right word? Um, Maybe I don't know. I'm gonna look that stuff up. So yes, prescient. There's this prescience about not just AIs and self-driving things and how the AI brain is going to work, but also, specifically with Sharon Apple, music. And as someone who loves Perfume, a band that uses a lot of the same, like, holographic technology... do love some holograms. Um to sort of add depth to their concerts and entertainment to their concerts. Um, the Sharon Apple, I'm going to call her a character, uses that as well. A lot of her stuff is all, well, she is all holograms, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even some naked holograms in there. There's some nipple. So Yeah, weird mermaid yeah. nipple, claw yeah. hands, whatever. Um, but, yeah, and that's sort of how she puts herself out there. And even there was that... Um, Japanese pop star, quote unquote, that was just all animated. Yep, Hatsune Miku. Yeah. Um, so they they kind of foretold that a little bit, which I thought was really interesting. Um, as far as the AI thing goes. Um, so did you get to how the initial fighter pilot story kind of resolved? Or yeah, I guess you would have. Well, what I got to, so which is third part, um, was that... Sharon Apple is, has gone back to Earth yes. to open the... Anniversary of the end of the war. And they're going to show everyone these fighter fighter jets that pilot themselves, that don't need pilots. The military has decided to go with the ghost. Yes, which seems plane. like the worst idea. Not not sound, no. Ever, because I all I could think was Sharon Apple's going to just take over all of these... Fighter planes. <laughs> she does. And I was like, I, I know where this is going. It's still fun and interesting, but I still know where this is going. Um, and yeah, it just seems like such a bad idea. <laughs> Why would anyone do like even think this is a good idea? So anyways, Dyson's gone to stop them somehow and his hacker friend yes they want to, um, they want to sabotage the the ghost plane also why are there two chairs in those planes it I doesn't really make any sense but anyways um and then uh gold has been asked to go after him the to stop only one him. who can catch him yeah is gold and that's where we come to folding space which is really great because really we can't travel through space unless we learn how to fold space or find worm- wormholes just just so everyone knows um so i just thought that was a nice little added touch there 
Um, and then the evil guy who works with Sharon Apple's team. Merge. Is, is that his name? That's his name. Yeah. Who immediately was evil. Like there was like no <laughs> question at all that he had evil like, motives. I cannot wait to get rid of you, Myung. Yeah. Um, she has shot the basically owner of App- uh, Sharon Apple. Yeah. And Myung sees this and she runs away and he laughs menacingly um, because Sharon Apple's about to go on. And basically Sharon Apple holds Myung captive um, and that's sort of like where it ended. So you saw the first, you saw the first three of four. Three of four, which I was like, ah, I need to know. I was like, I hope this doesn't take like too long, much no, longer. Yeah, that, that fourth episode's like 45 minutes long. Um, yeah. But hey, I can't front. You're getting the preferred experience of this. I think that version is far better than the movie version. And you said the pacing was off, but I, I thought the show's pacing, at least the first section of it, was off. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was very slow. But even things you're mentioning were like... I remember I, when I rewatched the movie, she hears Marge shoot the dude. And then, like, in the show, in the miniseries version, she bumps the door. Yeah. And it opens. And it opens. And that's like, he knows she's there. Yeah. They don't show that in the movie version. And it doesn't make things confusing. Yeah, kind yeah. of. <laughs> um, yeah. And to a certain extent in the movie version, they didn't even really explain what the hell they were doing with the planes at all. Like, <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh. Just kind of like cut what yada yada that. Like... <laughs> And there was some, yeah, there were some interesting side characters. Um, Again, diversity, one of the, the best things I noticed was they have this table of, like, all the, like, executives, and half the table is women, and they're, everyone is of, like, different ethnic- ethnicities, and it's nice to know that other people have this vision of the future mm-hmm. where anybody can do anything. Well, there is one more thing we have to talk about when it comes to Macross Plus, which is which is really just you know, the entire reason I want to <laughs> I wanted to bring this up, uh, the music itself. Yes, which so I'm going to tell them mm-hmm. because this is from an outsider's view. Okay. So it starts with like the first section. There are no credits. It just starts with like the most beautiful song you have ever heard in your entire life, like something out of like. 80s Lord of the Rings type mm. stuff, like absolutely stunning, beautiful song. And I almost thought that I was, you know, when you're playing something and something else plays by accident, like I thought it might be the wrong <laughs> This is the thing. wrong audio for this show. Yeah, I because it was so, it didn't seem to quite fit at I first. I think it starts with a flashback of them as kids trying oh, to yes. pilot a glider. Yes, it I does. Um, and they succeed. And <laughs> anyways, this, yeah, the song plays and it's absolutely stunning. Um, and you don't hear it again until the third episode slash part. Um so you're not really sure of what sort of the song is. Significance. But it's just is absolutely beautiful. And then all of the pop stars, Asher and Apple's music is fantastic. And it's kind of similar, a little bit more um, electronic. Yeah. Um, but really, really good music. So the music is all done by uh, the queen, Yoko Kano, who this was the first thing I ever saw her do. It might have been the first like thing that really made her name as a composer was Macross Plus. She since went on to do, like, I call her the queen because she did classical for the vision of Escaflone. She did right. jazz for Cowboy Bebop. She <sighs> did jazz again for Kids on the Slope, or she, like, arranged it or, like, 
I don't think she played on it, but she like arranged it. She's done electronic for Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Like there's nothing the woman cannot. There's no genre she can't work in, mm-hmm. and it's not quite you know style jocking. She does make it all her own yeah. to a certain extent. Um, that is one of the reasons why this show like just embedded itself. I had all the soundtracks. I don't know where they are now. Um, I even found this one. There's one that's technically like a Sharon Apple CD because it was the only place where you didn't fucking see it. But there's a <laughs> song that only appears in the fourth episode. Right. Because it's when they get outside Earth. Their only way to try to break the atmosphere is to shoot down some defense satellites, kill the engine, basically, and try to fall through the atmosphere right. with with this debris. Because mm-hmm. then the defense satellites don't quite know what to shoot at. Yeah. And it's just that the song's called Information High, and it was just this straight, like, just pounding. Like, it's super popular. There's, like, some questionable synth horns in there. But, yeah. like, I would watch that scene. I'll fucking show it to you when we're done recording. Because <laughs> I, I found it on YouTube. Uh, that scene was just so amazing to me. And the end credits theme, there's so many, like, amazing songs that she did for this. And she's just, she's the queen. And I just really wanted to give you something that featured her music. Another thing about this show, and this is the fact about the dub that yeah. I wanted to bring up, because I had the dub. That's what I watched. And it's one of those dubs where, like, I'm not even going to say it was great, but it was, like, so embedded in my brain that, like, to watch the sub movie, I'm yeah. like, this is not my, this is not, man, waving my hands, like, this is not my <laughs> Macross. One scene in particular, during that scene where they're planning how to break the atmosphere, yeah, nerd dude, you know, plane designer yeah. is in the back seat, and he's basically saying, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is the plan. This is the, our best shot. I think it's still only got like a 42% chance of working. And he's like, well, Dyson's like, we'll just have to rely on my skills. He's like, this is going to take skill. This is going to take luck. And the dub, he kind of like tips his helmet and goes, luck is one of my skills. Yeah. And I've always remembered that line. Yeah. When I was doing research on Macross Plus and I read the cast, do you know who did the fucking dub voice for Isamu? No. Brian Cranston. <laughs> really like walter white did the fucking voice brian cranston before malcolm in the middle before any of that shit he was doing like voice work oh my god yeah that's amazing so he was the voice of asamu in macross plus that's actually incredible yeah i had the same reaction wow so yeah there's your fun tip everyone brian cranston walter white used to do anime voices you know what i gotta say some of my favorite actors end up as voices in all kinds of things I didn't realize until I like looked up their IMBD page. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I kind of knew where Caitlin's uh, opinion on the music <laughs> was going to land because I found um, I fell into a Yoko Kano hole after I gave this to you, like just remembering all yeah. the amazing shit she's done that I love so much. And apparently, in two thousand nine, it was like her fifteenth year as a uh, as a composer. She wanted to do something, and she tied it to this, like, astrological festival that happens in this one part of Japan, whatever. She basically called up everyone she'd ever worked with. Yeah. Singers, musicians, you know, the seatbelts, the quote-unquote band from Cowboy Bebop, which is just, like, you know, amazing session players from from Japan. Uh, the Warsaw Phil- Philharmonic Orchestra, which did all the symphonic pieces for Macross Plus That's and Vision amazing. of Escafone, like, had the full fucking orchestra there. Had a choir did this and like every vocalist did a three hour show of the greatest hits. That's amazing. Like every notable song she's ever done. And like I'm at work and there's there's no DVD. You can't get a video of this. Yeah. It was just a live performance. So there's like one bootleg. 
that's been circulating the internet of this performance. So it sounds terrible. Yeah. But you can still hear enough. And <laughs> they did that song that Caitlin mentioned from the opening of Macross Plus. And yeah. like three notes were sang when yeah. I played it for Caitlin. I didn't tell her I was going to start it. I just started playing it. And yeah. the first like three notes played and Caitlin went. <gasps> <laughs> I was like, yep. So the song is called Voices, friends. If you look up Macross Plus Voices, you can find that song. And, and listen to it over and about. over and over again. Yeah. Well. <laughs> kind of weird you saw three quarters of something i thought you were going to see the whole thing of but <laughs> happens you, happens all the time you at least want to see how it ends so what's yeah. our what's our kick punches um i'm gonna say it is uh, this one's hard i'm gonna say it's a s- seven i'll take that i thought we I thought that was gonna end with x but i'll take um i'll take evan uh well yeah it's honestly it's in between a six and a seven I want to see how it ends but honestly the characters were so awful uh, you can't help that right if you awful but the story was cool and i loved like what they did for that time was so ahead of other things mm-hmm. and that gets a lot of points with me as well like i was looking at stuff and i'm like it's so pacific rim with the whole like your brain is part of mm. the machine and i thought that was great and just the the music and and the background and the side characters um they were all great uh so the three people you're supposed to care about the most Honestly, if they had just taken them out of the film, would have been <laughs> would have been great film. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's a hard one. I'm gonna say seven because for those who would really like anime and sci-fi and all of that, I think they're they'd really enjoy it. I don't know where it's at officially. It might not be anywhere. Like I said, it's like you know, 22 years old or whatever. But it's it's floating around on the YouTube somewhere. Yeah, the industrious among you can probably find and, it. And I, I I watched it on one of the streaming sites. I actually can't remember which one. Um, well, have a look. If it's out there, you can do worse. One of one of my top tens, probably, if I'm being honest. But again, I can apparently deal with asshole characters a lot better than Caitlyn can. Apparently. Um, if they're anime characters. Yes. Um, all right. Now we're going to move on to what I brought you. Yes. This is definitely a bit of a change yep. from what we just talked about. As we mentioned before, it is very, very new. It just dropped. I can't believe I watched all of it. I, <laughs> I can't. I, well... You know what? I wasn't expecting it to be obviously as addictive as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons I gave it to you was because someone else was watching it, senior correspondent, without me because he knew I had already seen it. All of a sudden, come in, he's like four episodes deep and still going. And I'm just like, oh, I guess it's a thing that I want to see sort of if that was across the board or what it was that was sort of addictive about it. Um, but anyways, that, that thing is the crown. The Crown! <laughs> Which we actually talked about last week because yes. your friend happens... <laughs> someone someone else who's totally not into the Royals was knee-deep in The Crown. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it's just... It's an... I think... I didn't expect it to be such a success. It's got rave reviews. Um, the cast is fantastic, but I just mean... I know people are into the Royals, and I know people are into stories about you know, um, diplomatic type stuff like Game of Thrones and all of that. But D- Game of Thrones has dragons. Yeah. So I thought it was a, a bit strange that it was as popular, but apparently it sucked me in. So there you go. Um, it is, speaking of the cast, it is uh, starring Claire Foy and Matt Smith, which I'm sure most of you know as Doctor Who. And Matt Smith's butt. Uh, it is a big star of the show. I'm going to be honest. I saw it once. 
Oh, it comes up again. <laughs> Matt Smith's butt, the recurring uh, character. It does. Um, also making a appearance and a good appearance is John Lithgow. I did not know that was him. As Churchill. Um, and the promos, I didn't know it was him. Once you actually watched the show, you realize fairly quickly that it's him. But Yeah, and he does a great job and it's sort of like, why is John Lithgow here? <laughs> um some other actors you may know, Jared Harris, uh, he's a British actor. Lane Price from Mad Men, for all you Mad Men heads. Yeah, and uh, Victoria Hamilton. Um, fun fact about Victoria Hamilton, she plays the Queen Mother right now, Elizabeth's mother. Um, she actually played Queen Victoria in another uh, short uh, BBC, what's it called, uh, miniseries. That's yes. the one. Um, just, I like that. I thought that was a fun fact. Uh, and... It's 10 episodes they're an hour each like a full hour not like 45 minutes but a full hour um it dropped november 4th it's already been picked up for a second season um it comes from a, the original play by peter morgan called mm. the audience which uh actually starred uh dame helen mirren and it was basically based on uh, audiences she would have with her prime ministers um, and it got rave reviews and then I guess I think Peter Morgan was asked to develop something for Netflix her being give sorry her her audiences who's yeah. who's her oh the we queen ha we haven't really said what the show's about yet oh sorry well I just figured everyone by now <laughs> has looked up the crown but for those of you who have, are not familiar um, it's about so Queen Elizabeth's the second audiences with her prime ministers. Yes. Um, and I think Peter, like I was saying, Peter Morgan was asked to develop this for Netflix. And he's the writer and showrunner, I think. And yeah, wrote every episode I watched. Yeah. And uh, I think he's done a spectacular job. So, Jordan, what did you think of The Crown? Uh, I mean, I'm going to watch the whole thing. Oh. But it's... I don't want to say it's a hate watch. Okay. It's not a hate watch. That sounds like extreme. But it's not like I'm having a rollicking good time throughout the whole thing. No. Um, Neither did I. Which, to be honest, and this is a better, more analogous comparison, perhaps, um, if you miss Downton Abbey, yeah. especially like the first couple seasons of Downton Abbey, watch this show. Actually, that's a, that's a very good comparison. Um, not later Downton Abbey, which I haven't even seen, but like... Because I hated, you talk about watching characters you hate, not that I hate anybody on this show per se, but, no. you know, you watch Downton Abbey, you watch those first couple seasons of Downton Abbey being like, man, fuck these people. <laughs> I don't like these people, but you kept watching it. And that's how I feel here. It's not even that I hate these people. This is a note I have going further down with like the third episode where like, sorry, to place this in your, uh, if you're not a royal historian, and I am not, but I have seen more than my share of uh, you know, biographical motion pictures. Yeah. Uh, this falls after the King's speech <laughs> and well before the Queen. Um, I'm I'm also just going to add in a little bit there, a bit here. Um, it, it really centers around um, right before Elizabeth is crowned, yes. before her father passes away, and during that time of. I was about to say her inauguration, um, coronation. her coronation, and then right after sort of the first few years after her coronation. And Churchill is there because he has been elected again. This is after the war. He has pretty much already had his moments of glory. And it seems like I'm not super 
down with like you know early early to mid 20th century british political history mm-hmm. but it seems as though when he was a conservative or a tory is that the party he was with but, uh, i believe yeah um yeah he was in a bid to try and hold on to power they basically the young the youngins youngins they're middle-aged but yeah he's he's old at this point um they kind of bring him out to be like it's kind of like what we did with what the liberals did with trudeau in the 80s where it's like yeah hey, remember this dude you like him Vote for him. Vote for him. And they did. And they did. And he was, he won a second go around as the prime minister. And he's, he's beloved by the country. The people still love him. Uh, his own party, maybe less so. Um, but it was specifically in the third episode where like, you know, Prince, or not Prince, the dude who left, <laughs> the one who abdicated. Um. So ex-King George? Was he an Edward? No. No, Edward. He was a King Edward. Edward. King Edward, when this is what you see in the King's speech, he was like, I love this America and I want to go be with her. And it's like, you can. He's like, well, fuck it. And he like gave up everything. Which is just unfathomable to many people. Um, And he did. And he has come back for his brother's funeral. None of his family fucking like him because as far as they're concerned, him leaving and foisting the duty. Is that where it gets said so much on this fucking show? Yes. Duty. Uh, onto his younger brother is ultimately what killed him. I would say the incessant cigarette smoking is probably what killed him. But also... <laughs> Even as he's down to like half a lung, yeah. still puffing away. Yep. Hey, he knew he wasn't going to live at that point. Um, is around when we're dealing with that because he's, you know, they can't wait to like cut off his allowance. Yeah. Um, I found myself finding it hard to get it up for the stakes of this show. Because ultimately you're asking me to care about the problems of the obscenely rich. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. King Edward, I'm sitting in a Parkdale bachelor and you're asking me to care about, oh no, former King Edward isn't getting his $15,000, $15,000 pound a year allowance to yeah. do nothing. Yeah. And to be fair, he does say they won't let him work either. Yes. He does mention at one point, they, he's forbidden to take commercial enterprises, so it's not like he can start a business or anything. He's just kind of, kind of flit around and, you know, live off his, live off the royal money for the rest of his life. Oh, boo hoo. <laughs> You're like, I'd love not to work and get paid. Yeah, please. It's a, I will be more than happy to not go back to your house if you're going to pay for me not to do so. Um, but the reason I compare it to Downton is it's like, it's so British. Like, there's a scene where, like, the queen, I guess, so if his Elizabeth's mother was the queen mother, I guess it'd be the queen, the queen grandmother would have been the queen mother before that. Like, yeah. That, that uh, yes. Yes. It's the older, older woman. It's, yes. it's King George's mom, basically. Yeah. Um, so when King Edward, oh, King, King, we gotta get our king straight. King Edward and King George's mom. But I don't know if he was a King George. He was. He was definitely a King George. Elizabeth's father was a King George. Okay. I'm, right. I'm, I'm willing to bank everything on that. Edward, the abdicator, comes back and is talking to his mom, and his mom is basically voicing, you know, statements of mourning for her son. Yes. But everyone is just a fucking jab and shot. Yeah. <laughs> at Edward. Oh yeah. It's like he was the perfect son. <laughs> never thought of any, never thought of himself. I don't think he ever did anything for himself. <laughs> it's all just like, yeah, jab, jab. That's Britain. Woo. Yep, that's about right. They love that shit. Um, you love eavesdropping. You'll get some of that. <laughs> you love snitching. You'll get some of that too. Yep. <laughs> lots of eavesdropping. Lots of snitching. Uh, one thing I will say about this show. As much as I'm enjoying it, I do like to see. So the early bits primarily have to do with uh, Philip and Elizabeth's courtship slash marriage. Yeah. Philip, kind of a dick. 
super kind super of a dick. dick. Okay, super I, dick and a racist. I, I didn't know if you were having like a you know <laughs> an Edward from Twilight moment with with Prince Philip, where he's just he's kind it's of a dick. Edward with from Twilight, you know, where it's like the asshole. He's an asshole, but he's like, but we love him because he's so like edgy and strong. No, and, we don't. He's horrible. I'm talking about your gender, not you per se, but right. you know when when they they're going on the uh, you know colonial tour yeah and he's making fun of the guy's hat yeah and, and elizabeth thankfully has the sense yeah. to be like it's a crown shut up yeah don't fuck with the maasai philip like the maasai will gut you yeah they don't fucking care um but that was a great yay colonialism <laughs> yeah a great moment um or like bro what did you think was gonna happen like so at, you know philip's beef right now is like he thought he was just gonna marry in and you know the house of windsor was gonna take his name fake family name <laughs> And, you know, listen, I can't really get it up for tradition and duty and just, like, you know, doing shit for the sake of doing it because it's been done for, like, 300 years. That's a yeah. real hard thing for me to, like, invest anything emotionally in. It's like, just fucking <laughs> do what the fuck you want. You're the queen. Like, whatever. Um, but if, if Philip, come on. There's a scene where, like, he goes hunting with the with King George. And he's, like, basically, like, you get what the job is, right? Yeah. Like, and this has been in all the trailers. But, like, you know, she's the job. Whatever you're doing, you want to take your fucking flying lessons. You want to go do whatever your total lack of responsibility in your life. Goddamn fucking royals. Uh, <laughs> the job is her, but then Philip still wants to have hissy fits about like having to move to the cat, having to move to Buckingham Palace or, to a castle, or you can't like. And to be fair, like they're straight with that. Like it's a cold, awful place. Like Philip is like you hate it there, and Elizabeth's like we all hate it there. Like yeah. it's terrible. Uh, but it's just how it's been done. Um, yeah, but like, bruh, did you really think, like, you knew what you were signing up for. Yeah. <laughs> Quit complaining, even with your butt. Yep. Um, the butt. On the acting side of things, they're all right. The woman playing Elizabeth has, like, one expression. I like her. She always looks... Well, that's, that's what they talk about. She always looks mildly worried and surprised. She... she Elizabeth's not very emotional. No. <laughs> No. Actually, interestingly, it does come up later in the series that she has no personality. Mm. Her sister, you find out there's some more, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe the sisters aren't as happy with each other mm. as they you first think. Because, and that's my one criticism, is like it's almost like the Clever Man problem. We're like, this show's maybe trying to do too much. Maybe. Like there's maybe one, two, I mean, you got to get to ten episodes of an hour each, but maybe there's one too many story in there god that's what i was gonna say about Ma uh, macross huh. is it was trying to do too much it <laughs> was a story about like about ai and it was a story about romance and that something traumatic happened in the past and there's also fighter jets and there's aliens <laughs> and like something's going on at the earth in the earth and yeah so yeah but yeah, no, I I mean, I and then guess... the crown, it's like you know, it's Churchill's return, it's Elizabeth become, and it's the yeah. king's illness, and it's Elizabeth becoming the queen, and it's you know the Liz and Philip marriage stuff, and then Margaret's having an affair. Why the fuck do I care about that? Well, because she's a princess, and he's a commoner, and he a divorcee, and a divorcee. <laughs> Although I will say, man, I'm down to party with Margaret. Margaret seems like she's fun. Mar Margaret seems like my type of my type of gal. Margaret likes to party. Margaret likes to barge into your office and just take what she wants and then leave. Yeah. That's Margaret. I'd be happy to give it to you, Margaret. <laughs> come take it to you, come you take know, it whenever you want. She's an elderly woman <laughs> now. Like you're aware of this. Yeah, she can still get it. Um But I'm going to watch this show. Like it's for a 
the problem sometimes is like we always talk about TV, TV, prestige TV, prestige TV, what have you. You got to manage your expectations. I didn't go into this expecting like fucking masterpiece theater, like Merchant Ivory level production drama writing level or whatever. Right. So I'm happy with my experience watching it. Sometimes it feels like, especially with Netflix, less so now that they've kind of, you know, gone more common with some of their productions, the Marvel stuff and whatnot. But it's like you go into these expecting like this is going to be a masterpiece because it's on Netflix. Uh. We don't really do that as much anymore. I feel like at one point we did. That first season of that first season of House of Cards was super awesome. That first season of Orange is the New Black, it's like, oh my god, Netflix is putting out all the best shit. Well, Netflix puts out good shit. They put out some great shit. This is some good shit that Netflix has put out. Yeah, uh, it's very pop history. If I'm not fact checking, I'm not you know haven't been reading my explainers. I don't know how historically accurate a lot um, of this shit is. I could tell you if you like. Just give me like a percentage. Um, how fast and loose are they playing? I'm gonna say seventy five percent of it right. is accurate. That's good. Yeah, they're not doing a great job of explaining what her job actually is. <laughs> she sits down and somebody brings her a box and she just has to read shit every day. That or... um, that actually also comes up All a right. little bit later. I think they're just trying to get you to know people and sort of the situation, okay. and then they start to break down more about the queen and the job. And, and that the... was a great scene where he's like, the king. Kind of knows what's up, but he's not telling, really telling his family how bad it is. And he's trying to start to try to set Elizabeth up. Yeah. And he has a moment with her where he's like explaining the box yes. <laughs> that he gets delivered from the government every day. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, well, what's, what's in the box? She yeah. like explain. He's explaining it to him. Well, on the top is the stuff they don't care if I know about and the stuff they don't really want me to know about. They always put it at the bottom. So when nobody's looking, I do this. And he just, <laughs> he just flips it over. So the shit they don't want him to know about is on the top. And he yeah. sees that first. But that was cute. And then you notice it. She does it later on when she gets her box for the first time. She takes yep. it out and foom, flips it over. Um. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, I am not a, you know, fan of the Royals. I always think mm-hmm. it's cool when like Wills and Kate come over to canada or whatever it's yeah. cute I, I like that i find it cute that everyone else gets so amped about it but i'm not would not consider lining myself up one of those people yeah i'm not gonna go wait by the airport when <laughs> yeah no to get a shot of prince george um no he is really cute he's pretty fucking cute they're both really cute princess charlotte's really fucking cute too um and it's cool to see him out there and like you know engaging in the world and you know bringing attention to certain issues and whatnot it's definitely a step up from the shit we're watching like in this show where they just kind of hang out and do nothing and <laughs> Yeah, be rich. Um, but I'm gonna. Wa- I'm definitely gonna watch all of it. Like it's, it was amazing that you brought it to me because it's like watch the crown. I'm like cool. I was gonna watch that anyway. Well, and that was part of it also because we had talked about it, and I thought it might be something you might check out anyways. But I kind of wanted to know, like, would you continue watching it, or do you think it's the worst thing ever, and you don't want to no, spend time no, on it not, anymore? No, it's not that. It's not that level. I will say, I think and the thing that I think the show kind of sold itself on and is maybe not there as much when you watch the actual show as it was in the trailers, is it's not that the Philip-Elizabeth relationship isn't at the center. Right. But there's a lot more going on than yes. maybe you would expect. There's a lot, it's a lot soapier than maybe you would expect. Soapy in the sense that, like, there's a lot of melodramatic plots kind of circulating around, like the Margaret stuff. Yeah. Like Prince Ed- King Edward, Prince whatever, Duke of whatever, coming back to <laughs> coming back for the funeral and trying to, like finagle his way back into uh you know the money yeah um whereas the most interesting stuff is the the elizabeth phillips stuff which is there and i'm assuming will continue to be but that's 
that's the part I'm most interested in. And currently there's a lot of other stuff like swirling around and Churchill's kind of interesting as well, but yeah. And I do think it, I think it steps it up as you go along. Um, and certain things get better. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it does, it does, it does end up getting better and that's why I continue to watch it because mm. it got better and better and better. Um, but it's yeah, nice to see so. Lithgow with something meaty to sink his teeth into. He's yeah. obviously having a, a where did he come a from? Wonderful time yeah. in there. That's the line. About, did Philip say it when he's coming to visit Elizabeth one of the first times? And yes. she's getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> and Philip's like, "Cause Philip's a douche." It's like, it's like, oh, don't rush. It'll take him an hour to get to the door, and it'll take him another hour to get through it. <laughs> like, you fucking asshole, Philip. Uh. But yeah, uh, kick punches. I'm give it like a solid seven point five for right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, That's I'm good. enjoying it. It's a good time. You're not gonna have a bad time when you watch it. No. Yeah. And I'm, you know. It's going to get, you get at least a six if it's something I'm saying, yeah, I'm going to watch the whole thing because it's, you know, like we said at the top, it's getting cold and gray out there, friends. And It is. You need some good TV to hunker down with. That's exactly the phrase, something to hunker down with. So The Crown, 10 episodes on the Netflixes. Have at it. Grab, grab some tea and some biscuits and have at it. Some scones, some clotted cream. That's almost the makings of a cream tea. You okay. just need some, you just need some like strawberry preserve. One day, Caitlin's just gonna. We're just gonna have food, food corner. Kate's food corner, and she's gonna break down. You know, actually, how to make a, a cream tea. I will not be having it because I refuse to put anything called clotted cream. It's, deli- into my it's just body. whipped cream. It's just delicious. Well, it's whipped- a clotting. Be- <laughs> it's what, like your scabs it's do. Just, it's, like it's just thicker than whipped cream. <laughs> Slightly thicker. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely delicious. I'm gonna bring it. You're gonna eat it. You're gonna be like, oh my god, this is the greatest I've thing I've so ever had. About clotted cream. Yeah. So uh, you want to get into some updates then? Yeah. So uh, we're both caught up on Yuri on Ice. Born to make history. Born to make history. Yeah, I don't think we need to say anything else about no about Yuri on Ice. Sorry about your ears, friends. Um, I have watched the last seven minutes. Of episode seven of Uriana. So many times. Fifteen times. So many times. And I would be remiss if I did not say I told her this was coming. Yeah. Alex, longtime listener, friend of the show, mm-hmm. Alex, who I got on to Uriana Ice mm-hmm. because I would I, I greatly enjoyed sending people the gayest scenes I could find from Uriana Ice and sending it to them. Yep. Trying to get them to watch it. Alex finally watched it, binged it, like caught up. She's like, love it so much. Yeah. So the reason we're squeeing friends is because Victor and Yuri finally kissed. There is some debate. There's some debate. And they tried to have it both ways. Yes. To be fair. There's actually a very interesting article about the how gay and lesbian relationships are perceived in Japan that I did find that, you know, unofficial third chair Amelia Cook posted through the uh, Anime Feminist Twitter account. So if I dig that up again, it was a really good read. I will post that on Basically, the gist was like, you could say, oh, it's so progressive that gay relationships are shown to be just, you know, no big deal. NBD in anime and stuff where actual gay people in Japan, that is not their life. No. (laughs) So they're like, you are not doing us any favors. No. So there's that whole conversation. But anyway, (laughs) people like drew what was happening. Basically, Victor dives on Yuri. and He doesn't say he's like, it's the only thing I could think of to do that would surprise you as much as you surprised me. And you're we're all assuming it's a kiss and people have like drawn in what was happening behind <laughs> Victor's arm. Um, 
maybe it didn't have to be, but I'm going with yes. Yes. Um, I am also going with yes. That said, Alex, <laughs> I woke up before work yep. one night. Yuri on Ice was dropping that day. Yep. I checked. I was like, when's it going up? It was like noon. I go to bed around two or three, three at the absolute latest. Right. Um, it wasn't going to drop till like five. I'm like, I can't stay up that late to watch it. I'll just watch it at work. It's fine. I get up. I have a Snapchat from Alex, just in all caps. They kissed. Oh my God. Alex. <laughs> well, it's better. I understand. We are the podcast of spoilers. <laughs> Give me like 24 hours. <laughs> I but but it's better than you sending me like oh my god have you seen Yuri on Ice and then crying faces because I'm like <laughs> oh my god something horrible has happened someone's died it's like, taken a really dark turn they were happiness tears yeah so so yeah we're uh, both have no no problems there <sighs> no Yuri on Ice still dope yeah it's awesome do you have anything else you've been I have one other thing that I've been trying to think watching is there anything. More Deuces 9, which is still continues to be great. I was wondering about that. You haven't brought it up in a while. Well, you've given me a hard time about it. So I was like, I'll just keep it to myself. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I've taken a look at lately. No, just The Crown and Deuces 9. Um, as we had established on previous episodes, I'm trying to like check out the more notable shows of the fall 2016 anime season. Taking like one one a week, basically, and trying to, like, if I like it, get caught up or at least check it out. Yeah. So the one I checked out this week was uh, the Magical Girl slash Highlander You've been show that I mentioned it. to you a couple of weeks ago that I heard good things about. I would give it to you, but it will not pass the rule of three. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think you mentioned that, that it was going to take about at least four episodes. At least four, maybe five. Uh, so basically, yeah, the gist we mentioned about the show is it's like everybody's playing this app it's just a little level grinder type rpg sort of thing where you yeah. customize your own magical girl and then for some girls 16 of them um the super irritating mascot of the game <laughs> who's named fav i think okay he's just kind of like a little looks like a slime from dragon quest but he's like black and white too. Okay. it looks like he looks like a hot topic slime from dragon quest <laughs> um he just kind of bounces around and he puts pawn on the end of everything i don't know why okay It'd be like, you but chosen to be a magical girl pun. Like you I don't know what that I don't know what that is. It's mad irritating, especially if you're watching with headphones on your tablet, but and he will give you magical girl powers. And as as I said before, as the show goes on, it turns out that, you know, the the admins or Fav or whoever's behind the game is like, nah, there's too many of you in this region. So we got we gotta cut it down. So for the next like, you know, month and a half or whatever, you will get candies for You'll earn candies for your various good deeds and whatnot. And at the end of the week, whoever's got the least, you ain't a magical girl anymore. Unfortunately, when you're not a magical girl anymore, you're going to die. Sorry. What the hell? Um, But we'll make it easy for you. You can swap candies and trade candies and transfer candies. So what happens? <laughs> it turns into total battle royal and the less unscrupulous of them start trying to steal candies. Start trying to... You, the reason I say it won't pass the rule of three is yeah. because that's about the point you're getting to if you just watch three episodes. Right. And it'll just be like kind of boring. It does do the interesting things where I said like it does a cool thing where you learn more. You meet them as their characters and they all have like weird names. One's called Swim Swim. One's called La Pucelle. One's called Top Speed. Like cool. one looks like a witch. One looks and their powers are all kind of lame. They can all do like one thing. Right. Like ostensibly our lead, our POV that you start with is named snow white and all she can do is like hear when people are distressed huh 
but she does have like you know strength speed whatever but i mean as far as like her power that's what she can do she can hear when people are distressed top speed she looks like a witch and all she can do is fly really fast there's a ninja girl there's a cowboy girl but sprinkled throughout as you go along is you learn who these women actually are if they even are women right like i said at one point one was a la pucelle is actually a boy he's a teenage boy right who gets the chance to become a magical girl and you wonder as they start to you wonder how far they're going to get right how far are they going to go and they go the show is crazy fucking violent okay and gory hey i loved battle royale there is a fight between la pucelle and this one we don't really know what her deal is named cranberry where like at one point she cranberry grabs la pucelle by the ankle whips her into a wall like face first and you see like the wall just like crack around her and then it's like the shot shifts to like la pucelle's pov and you just see like you hear a cough and just just blood pours out and then the camera switches to another shot and she's got like the rick flair like crimson mask like she's just like totally like red and eyes like that's all that's all she is and i'm i'm continually impressed how this show will go with like betrayals and people turning on each other and people getting limbs cut off and dying in gruesome ways and the way Fun. they will sprinkle details about these characters lives IRL each what they what they call in in the terms of anime what they call the eye catch which is like normally where the commercial break goes right you see these when you watch TV shows where it'll be like it'll show the logo and, and then it'll show the logo again in like a different color but yeah. like that's where the commercial would go if it yeah. was there like Yuri on Ice it's food and it's then it's eaten food, food eaten food this one will be if you have seen the character yeah in their real lives you'll see both of them you'll see the magical girl with a detail about her and the actual person with a fact about their personality or like just a brief statement of who they are if you have not seen them yet you'll just see a silhouette and it'll just be like the vaguest detail about who was actually you don't top speed always is always talking about like i just gotta live you know i just gotta make this happen for another six months and her partner the ninja girl is always like what are you always talking about this six months you just probably got cancer or something but we don't know yeah what's going on there we just found out Another one is, like, a crazy alcoholic who, like, drove her family away. Like, wow. the show is it's nuts, and it's quickly ballooned into, like, the, one of the ones I'm most excited about. Because I was not expecting it to do things as interesting as it did. It's not Madoka. It's not, like, I was about mind- to say, we, we need a, uh, someone to take over for Madoka, so maybe this is it. It's Madoka adjacent. I may still end up giving it to you. But, like I said, it's it's got to be a week where you've got some extra time. Because I can't say, like, you can just watch three episodes and you're going to be as amped about it. All right. As I was, but it's like, yeah, it's a Magical Girl Rising project. Check that out on your Crunchyrolls or your or your Funimations. I think it's on Crunchyroll, but it's been surprisingly good. My dude Pasquale, we had not even talked about it beforehand, but we were <laughs> just like talking about like what we were watching from this season, and he was like, "No, yeah, I've been watching that one. It's really good." All right, well, so that's what I've go. been on. Well, there are no other updates then. No, I think I think we're done. I think it's time to get out of here. Yeah. Well, as said at the top of the show, there are so many ways you can get at us on the Twitters at GeekDownPod, Tumblr's GeekDownPod.tumblr.com, email GeekDownPod at gmail.com or the Facebook group. Which is www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. Oh, yeah. And that's where I will post that you're a nice article that I found or you can complain about where the episode is or... You can yell Tell us where at to get us. a happy lamp or... Yeah, or, you know, tell us you are going to buy us a happy lamp. That would also be nice. Uh, you can do all those things at the Facebook group. It is the only place you can do those things to Caitlin because she does not exist anywhere else. I do not. 
Thank want, goodness. If you want to yell at me for any reason, you can do that at Jordan underscore Ferguson on the Twitters. And that is just about going to wrap it up for us this week, friends. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. We hope you will join us again next week. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we will see you all next week. See you then. Kate's decided that she needs to clean my kitchen right now. Uh, no, I'm saying you do. You're giving me a hard time about it. There's stuff everywhere. How am I supposed to get hot drink?